Department of Justice has absolutely denied congressional subpoenas. Complete ignoring of subpoenas? They've not been living up to the subpoenas. Demanding subpoenas, promising subpoenas, 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 subpoenas. That's making the rounds. For some reason, people seem to think when Sean Hannity says subpoenas, it sounds like he says penis. But I'm, I'm not sure you can say subpoenas without having it sound like penis. That was childish by my standards. <laughs> I'm not sure anybody can say subpoenas repeatedly without it sounding like penis. Blame Mm. me. I brought it to everyone's attention. Mm. (laughs) I have no filter, and I filtered that. There you go. Uh, So We're going to talk about the Space Force later. I'm kind of interested in that. Um, I wish it had a different name. That name sounds... I mean, it, it, it makes sense why you'd come up with that name. We have an Air Force. Deals with the air. Et cetera, et cetera. Well, armed forces. Forces are armed. Various names that, you know, pretty self-explanatory. Sure. Space Force, but... Right, it's a good name. It just sounds a little a... like a children's cartoon. Oh, and, it, and it makes you, you know, you hear seven notes of a scale, and you just need to play that eighth note. <laughs> you hear the name, and you just need to say, Space Force! Everybody does it. Everybody wants, needs to do it. <laughs> Is it I haven't heard much about the cost. No, of course not. No. And, and listen... I'm willing to to be reasoned with, stand corrected, et cetera, et cetera. But it strikes me that we have an Air Force that has like supersonic jets and tools and missiles and stuff that not only take us to the edge of the atmosphere, but up into space and then drop bombs on people's heads, et cetera, et cetera. Hmm. We're kind of already there with the Air Force. How about just a different division of the Air Force instead of an entirely new bureaucracy? But, you know, I don't, I don't know. It is pretty clear to me, though. Well, we'll talk about this more later with an expert, but um, something's got to be done. We can't be the last to be ready to fight it out in space. We just can't. It's unfortunate, but it's the nature of mankind. So we got a great note from a uh, an experienced, experienced, decades experienced um, firefighter. Uh, forest fire, that's, uh, you know, uh, Cal Fire, forest fires, et cetera, et cetera, uh, decades, uh, and mentions that uh, global warming may be a contributing factor, but there are much more important contributing factors, uh, including things we've discussed, the accumulation of decades worth of fuel, because the entire the entirety of North America used to burn on average every three years based on fire scars of old trees. I mean, just vast swaths would burn and then regrow. It's just the nature of forests. Um, when a forest grows, it produces lots of fuel, et cetera. So we have a tremendous amount of fuel accumulated. Plus, as we've also discussed, there are many, many, many more structures in woodsy areas than there used to be. And, uh, this person, oh, I, there, I don't think there's any request for anonymity. It's, it's Mark, the firefighter, um, <clears throat> uh, points out that, uh, when the fire service arrives in a scene in a rural area, uh, maybe your walled compound in the woods, he says, addressing me. A fire engine may be assigned to structure protection to prevent structures from burning down. With a limited amount of resources, especially at the initial stages of the fire, this action takes away from our ability to fight the fire directly, and fires tend to grow larger. Uh, so that's a factor. Uh, but then I found this part really interesting. Fire seasons are like kids, and every year is different. 1998 was a very slow fire season, and in 1999, I worked 77 days straight, 24-hour days. They let you grab a cat nap, then back to work. So from sitting around the next year to 77 days straight. 
Big fires aren't anything new. Here's a couple of historical fires. The Great Fire of 1910 burned parts of eastern Washington, northern Idaho, western Montana, and a little bit of British Columbia. Three million acres, or about 4,700 square miles. Well, there's a little perspective that uh, would be helpful if anybody threw in when they're talking about clearly global warming is making fires worse. Yeah. The Tunnel Fire in 1990 in the Oakland Hills wasn't really big. It was 1,600 acres, but lost 2,900 structures. In 1977, the year before Mark started, the Marble Cone Fire in Monterey County burned 178,000 acres, 278 square miles. The current record for California is the Mendocino Complex, 302,000 acres. Currently burning is still growing. Uh, he also says, here are a couple of uh, conversion factors for you. One acre is the equivalent of a football field without the end zones. Mm. That is a good thing to be able to picture. Then he mentions that there are 640 acres in square miles. Uh, you know, it's funny. We have uh, some listeners who say, you've stop giving it in hundreds of thousands of acres. Give it in square miles. I, I disagree. Uh, people can picture an acre. People have stood on a lot and said, wow, this is a great yard. Yeah, it's an acre. But nobody can picture a square mile because you can't see it to me, unless you're a gifted cartographer or something like that. So anyway, stop your bitching. Um, thanks for the information, Football fields Mark. is always good. Then he includes some very handy and interesting information about uh, California employee pensions. So thank you, Mark. Um, uh, duh, so a couple things on the fire. First of all, I think it takes a lot of the fun out of it if you're trying to make the global warming argument when you talk about, you know, a fire being the biggest fire ever. And then if in the top 10 list you have some from, you know, the 1800s or the early 1900s or whatever, um, really ruins your narrative. Right. Well, and, and it, you really don't even need to go there if you, if you're talking about, you know, in the last decade or two or even three, the difference in temperatures is, you know, it's fairly subtle. You know, maybe there there have been a couple of bad droughts, but there have been a couple of bad droughts like every couple of decades for, for all of human history. My wife watching the the Facebook from high school friends and all that sort of stuff that still live around where she's from that's all burned up, most of it now. Um, she said she just can't even look at it anymore because it, it immediately goes to anybody who votes Republican deserves to have their house burnt down, you know, that sort of thing. Wow. Um, because of the global warming belief. In Man, Trump I hate this. humanity. Yeah, it's pretty rough. I mean, not enough to do anything about it. Nobody called the FBI on me, but uh, human beings just amaze me. And so, uh, just real quickly, so back to the subtle difference in temperature. There have always been droughts, blah, blah, blah. That is not an argument that there's no climate change. It's not even, I'm not, I don't intend it to be. It's also not proof that there is climate change. What happened to logic? What, where is logic? Is logic dead? Somebody poke logic and see if you can wake it up. There's also, as we talked about the other day, if there are eight reasons fires are getting worse, which I'm not sure. Is that is that absolutely known that fires are getting worse? Is that a given fact? I'd have to see the data. Um, I, I don't know. As Mark pointed out, 1977 was... A snoozer. It was like we'll never have a fire again. The nineteen seventy eight was a nightmare. So I don't know. I'd have to see. Uh, but the even data. if even if they were, if you're going to list eight reasons why they're getting worse, you know, land management, this that, um, number of structures, blah blah blah. Yeah. On the list of things, if global warming plays a uh, a role, which can you do anything about? 
well, if we try really hard and somehow get India and China on board, we could change the direction of global warming maybe in 50 years. Right. So I'm not sure anybody can do much about that one. Right. Yeah. You know, I find as I travel around Iowa that it's usually young people who ask me about global warming. Mm. Jeez, how did she lose? Um, So uh, one more thought, though, that the global warming thing is so much richer a gold mine for virtue signaling. You get lots of social credit for ranting about that online. You know, ranting on, you know, we need to uh, uh, better maintain the forests and our forestry procedures over the next four, last 40 years have been uh, naive and, and ill-considered. You're not going to get any social currency for that. So that's a lot of what motivates the ranting and raving online. And it's just, it's completely illogical, as you point out. But we were looking at a video yesterday, and I've always wondered about this in disaster areas. I'm, I realize the media needs to cover this stuff so people know what's going on. I kind of get it. But so there's this woman. She's got her property. She's stayed there. Uh, the fire's pretty damn close. She's got hoses and buckets and stuff like that. And these little tiny fires keep popping up various places on her property. Mm-hmm. So she goes over and puts them out. To try to keep the bit, hoping they can keep the big fire from the house as long as one of the little fires doesn't catch on. Man, that's a dramatic gamble. But there's video of it, and and she's just like working like crazy by herself with buckets and hoses trying to put out these little fires. Then run to the next one. How do you not think? Hey, you with the camera, you want to put down the effing camera and help me carry a bucket or find something else to do mm. rather than stand there and film me trying to save my house? I mean, nope. it'd be hard not to feel that way. I'm working my ass off to try to keep everything I own from burning up. You're standing there with a the camera. It's dramatic footage, man. I'll get people staying tuned through the commercial break. How about if it you? bleeds, it leads. About- if there's fire, it goes higher. That's the rule in the news business. And I, I realize that's the nature of uh, journalism. I've thought this since I was a little kid. It's always seemed weird to me. when Journalism. It's urinalism. When you got somebody with videotape of some starving kid in Africa, and I think that the person with the camera, they probably got a van and food and water. And everything. How do you, how do you, you know, mm. it just seems weird. But yeah, you're trying to, uh, you're trying to document the plight. That's what you're trying to do. Exactly. The plight needs to be documented, Jack. Yeah, the lady with the fire popping up near her house. I'm not sure that plight does need to be documented. That's just to keep you tuned in through the commercial break. Speaking of which, don't dare tune out through the commercial. <laughs> Stay with us. Much more to come of a completely different flavor. Yeah. Do you join in on social media when uh, somebody you feel like they need a real good uh, kicking? What does that say about us? Indeed. I'm going to tell everyone about how shitty you are. You know, funny you should bring that up, Courtney. Uh, the the modern insult, which is just S-bombs and F-bombs and MF-bombs mixed up. I say bring back the old-timey insults that are so artful, like, well, I have a list of 50 of them. I won't get to all of them, but... I want to hear those. Do you want to hear them in succession, or should I sprinkle them in throughout the show, you afternoon farmer? <laughs> That's an insult? It is. It's a laggard, a farmer who rises late and is behind in his chores. Hence, anyone who loses his opportunities, the afternoon farmer. Up your insult game, among other things, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You know, instead of 
playing uh, jokes from the late night comedians that often um, uh, leave us dissatisfied. Maybe we should just go with random things Sean comes across that people tweeted out or texted or whatever. Here's here's one <laughs> tip. If you're in a restaurant, the bathroom is in the back. Just walk towards the back and you'll see it. It's always there. They're not going to put it in the front. It won't be in the middle. No need to ask anyone. The bathroom is in the back. <laughs> you know, my only argument with you, wise ass, is sometimes there's like back to the right and right. back to the left. <laughs> it's up front, right where you come in. Right? No. There's a urinal right there at the uh, hostess stand. Just lean up against it. <laughs> That's funny. That's what the internet's for right there. Right there. Huh? Um, yeah, afternoon I farmer. Came across this. Oh, you got more of those old timey insults. Oh, I do. And how? Oh, I also have this for you. And and I believe it's posted or will be at armstrongandgetty.com. I see this headline. And I'm maybe a little extra interested because my buddy Brian's a, a major league umpire. But the headline is major league umpire pulls giant bug from his ear during game. Oof. And I'm thinking to myself, how giant a bug? And I watched that video. I had to take a knee. Really? Straight out of Star Trek. Holy crap! Jeez. Yeah! Where did it it haunt your dreams? Where did it come from? The bug? Yeah. Nature. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Cincinnati, I don't know. Mommy and daddy bugs. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) That's a good one, you cad. Anyway, more old-timey insults coming up, et cetera, et cetera. It's an ongoing joke at my house, because when my kids were littler than they are now, Anytime they couldn't find anything, I would pull it out of their ear. Pull it out of their ear. Mm. Um, they couldn't find a toy or whatever, this or that. And I would say, hey, there it is right there. And I'd pull it out of their ear. And when they were little enough, they you know, they bought the idea. Yeah. Then they started to catch on. And now, obviously, they're at an age where they know it wasn't in their ear. But I still do it. <laughs> wow. It's <laughs> such a dad thing to do. <laughs> Oh, my God. We get laughs out of that. You chucklehead. Um, chucklehead is an old-timey insult. It's one of my favorites. I've That's used that one. my whole life. It's the same, according to this, as buffelhead, cabbagehead, chowderhead, codshead. I like codshead. Some codshead. All signifying stupidity and weakness of intellect. A fool. Yeah. Uh, column by an, a WNBA player that caught my attention in the Washington the Post. The WNBA. That's the girls' league, huh? Yeah, the women's NBA. Yeah. I'm a WNBA player. Men won't stop challenging me, challenging me to play one-on-one. Oh, boy. <laughs> Sounds about right. Oh, my God. A few weeks ago, as I was walking down the street to my car, a man stopped me to begin a conversation about my height. Here we go, I thought. Oh, boy. He asked the usual questions, prodding me about my basketball career, and then there it was. Let's play a one-on-one. I'll bet I could beat you. It's far from the first time I'm a tall woman at six foot two, and almost everywhere I go, people notice me. The first question is, do you play basketball? When they find out I'm a professional player, some are just impressed and want to know about my life and growing up and this and that. Um, but then it always turns into a challenge, or regularly turns into a challenge. I had to pr- I, I'm no longer going to play any man. I had to prove it in college when grown men started challenging me to one-on-one games because there was no way this college woman was going to be better than they are. Time and time again, I've trounced men. Far too many to count. Now I have nothing to prove of. I'm no longer going to play men one-on-one in basketball. Wow. Her whole life she's been doing that. That is really interesting. She said, look, I get it. Sometimes men are just flirting, but it's easy to tell when someone's serious. Flirtation can be subtle and playful. When are you going to let me play you one-on-one? Men with insecurities sound more braggartly. I'll bet I would smoke you on the court. And she gets that all the time. That's pathetic. That's pretty strange. You're a certain sort of dude. Uh, it, it pains me when somebody hits a tall person with 
the most incredibly obvious questions. It pains me. Because I know they've heard it a thousand times. And I know that they're rolling their inner eyes clear up into their brains. That's not always you true. You follow though. that up. That's not always true, though. A lot, a lot of tall people really want to talk about their basketball career. And you are think? loving the opportunity. You oh, yeah, absolutely. What percentage? Uh, that I don't know. I don't, mm. I don't know what it's like to be 6'8". But all right, we'll part on that one. So you come for that. You stay for the, I got to show you I'm a hard guy. That's just unbelievable. Uh, well, <laughs> Come here, little lady. Let me show you how it's done. <laughs> so, so there's, so there's the, the, the crowd that, for whatever reason, it even crosses your mind, I'll bet I could beat her at basketball. And then there's the next subset of person who's going to verbalize it. Right. What the hell, dude? Sad. Even if you really believe it, how about you don't say it? Wow, that is so weak. You've got something wrong with you, right? I mean, you've got some serious problems with the relationship between men and women or yourself or something, go- yeah. something going on there. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, you know the idea that the very last, I mean, beyond the bartender, the waitresses, the bus boy, the, the guy in a wheelchair, the last guy in a bar who's going to talk about what a tough guy he is is the actual Navy SEAL in the bar. Or the or the MMA fighter, generally speaking, with a couple of uh, misanthropes uh, excluded. Yeah, <laughs> that's just sad. I'd say. And then if you, and then what are you hoping to prove that men are better at basketball than? I mean, what is your ultimate point? I don't. I don't know. That's that why you are, belong in the kitchen. That <laughs> women are weaker, or I mean, what are you hoping to prove? Yeah, it's uh, it's not it's not healthy. I'll tell you that. A very good friend of mine is a former WNBA player, and I've seen this play out in real really? time. Oh, yeah. Really? Really? Yeah. Wow. And guys have to do that. Uh, yeah. Uh, certain guys seem just, they cannot not do it. That's wild. You know, when I was young and beefy, I used to be able to hit a golf ball a hell of a long way. I won contests, and uh, one time this uh, gal from the uh, LPGA was out there, and she was one of the longer hitters on tour, and I thought, okay, this will be interesting. And I went up, and I blasted one. I hit her really good. Then she got up, and... And took her smooth swing, and that ball was still rising when it passed my ball. <laughs> and I thought, "Holy crap! How does she do that?" But you didn't it's walk just up. pure admiration of her skill. But you didn't walk up ahead of time and say, "I'll bet I can hit it further than you can." No, thank God. <laughs> no, no, my God. Well, anyway, all right, that's enough of that. Well, I'm astounded by that. Thought it was interesting about human nature. Yeah. Hit me with another old time insult. You have to be a real clack box to walk up to a woman and. <laughs> Say that to her. Tell you what. Oh, yeah. Listen to that clack box over there. What do you got coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, President Trump tackling the NFL. Washington, D.C. gearing up for the Unite the Right protests. How many are expected to show up will surprise you. And what you need to improve your quality of life, a hobby. Stories coming up. Hmm, Yeah, we talked a little bit about that a while back. The return of hobbies. It's not wasting time having an enjoyable life. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Interesting article making the rounds about the difference between boys and girls when it comes to math, and it's not what you think. How do you know what I think? It's really... Uh, but somebody texted, how did Joe miss anyway 0-2 when actually talking about an umpire? 
and their story. <laughs> that would have been a good one. Anyway. <laughs> Hello. Wait a second. He's, uh, anyway. actually, he's actually an umpire. I don't think that would work. Um, anyway. Owen oh, 2. And so I left out one of the things my wife yeah. has picked up from the Facebook following the fires in uh, the biggest fire in California history. All of a sudden, at one of the biggest shelters where everybody's right. hanging out, the uh, norovirus is hit. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Which everybody I know, including Sean and my family, everybody in my family got it but me because I tried harder. Um, <laughs> Strength of character. Everybody I know who's gotten it say it's the sickest they've ever been in their lives. Yes. So your house is burning down. You're trying to figure out how to feed your pets and everything like that. And they're the sickest you've ever been. Both ends in a high fever. You would, How's that sound? You would have to think God has it in for you. Yeah, no kidding. Wow. Really sick to my stomach. And actually, I threw up yesterday. You know, the fact that the fires have now become an enraged argument about Trump online, including among people who are currently dealing with it, 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 it makes me crazy. Yeah. I, uh, there, are, there are days I wish this show were much, much bigger than it is. And it's big enough. It's fine. It's great. And we appreciate you listening. And it's not because I want more money or I'm an egomaniac. It's because it would, it would, the world would make me less insane if we could somehow talk sense to the people who are screaming at each other that Trump caused the fire or Trump didn't cause the fire. It's hard to Holy crap. <laughs> let's, let's get the news with Marsha Phillips. Meanwhile, on the fire lines, California's Governor Jerry Brown's declared a state of emergency for Orange and Riverside counties as the four-day holy fire carves its way along the ridges and the hillsides of the Cleveland National Forest. That fire has prompted an evacuation for more than 20,000 people, wow. thousands of homes threatened by the fire in the area around Lake Elsinore and nearby communities. Meanwhile, you were talking about the um, Mendocino Complex fire. That's about 54% contained right now. The largest in state history that is actually twin fires being battled together. So twin human beings would be the heaviest human being in history. Because together they weigh 1,400 pounds. (laughs) Yes. That's what I'm talking about. The world is making me insane. President Trump is going after NFL players yet again. More than a dozen of them knelt or raised their fists before preseason games last night at his New Jersey that, golf. That's really not worth the nation commenting on, let alone the president. Yeah. It's just if, tw- if 12 players want to do that, whatever. It's that's, a great issue for can, him and his base. Can we just move yeah. on? Yeah, at his uh, New Jersey golf club today, Trump tweeted this morning that the players are showing outrage over, quote, something that most of them are unable to define. Well, it's a majority win, this this issue for the president. The majority of people want the players to stand. I mean, that we, as we've seen over and over again. Right. But it's just, it's a small number. It seems to be the same characters most of the time. And, uh, and whatever. I just, dang, dang it. And you know what? Hey, the players, you're listening. First of all, thank you, NFL players, for listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I will tell you this. There's a lot of the president's tweet I thought was just dumb, and I disagree with, and he shouldn't have said it. On the other hand... You're bringing divisive, emotional politics into one of my favorite TV shows. I don't want to watch anymore because I'm not tuning in for divisive, emotional politics. You are a TV show in the same way I'm a radio show. 
If, if, if it becomes infinitely clear that some of the things we do are completely off-putting to the audience, we got to stop doing them or we'll go out of business. Likewise, y'all. It will be interesting to see what the ratings are for opening weekend yeah. because, you know, we got a couple of years in a row being down double digits. Washington, D.C.'s mayor is saying she is elevating the city's emergency level ahead of this weekend's Unite the Right to Rally. The white nationalist rally is going to be taking place right near the White House Sunday on the anniversary of last year's rally in Charlottesville that left a woman dead. Officials are estimating about 400 people will participate in the rally. Oh, my God, you've got to be kidding. So this is on the front page of USA Today, the fact that 400 people are going to get together for this? Yeah. That, that is unbelievable. And and the lead of every broadcast news network and cable news network in America. Four, Does that tell you something about the nature of news? 400 loser nut jobs getting together with their weird ideology. Yeah. And tiki torches. And, and thousands and thousands of counter-protesters, yes. many of whom are uh, idiots themselves, all coming together to beat the hell out of each other or whatever. And we all are supposed to pay attention to it. Yeah, and that's the uh, that's the that's the official projection: four hundred people. I mean, that's uh, not coming from anywhere else. Those are the DC officials are saying we're expecting about four hundred. God, that's incredible. I yeah. said this before, and I apologize. I underestimated it. There are a thousand times more people watching one of the big Little League World Series games live right there than are going to be in D.C. saying the Jews will not replace us or whatever claptrap. A thousand times more we'll see an individual Little League World Series game, yet we've got to stop everything to talk about. It's because conflict sells. Hate sells. It's just the, the world that actually exists bears so little relationship to the world you see on the cable news or the broadcast news. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a... Alice in Wonderland distortion of this of what this country actually is. There is a new subscription service. It's called Blueprint. That's all about discovering and learning about hobbies. Blueprint offers online courses on a large range of hobbies where users can find ones they're interested in, and then they can go through the classes taught by different types of experts to help them learn and improve their skills up to advanced levels. Awesome. The CEO is quoted as saying, developing a hobby is one of the most undervalued aspects of self-care. I don't doubt this, and we talked recently in our article in the New York Times about one of the reasons it's gone away uh, is society has decided you shouldn't do anything unless you can make money off of it. Mm-hmm. So you'll either you yourself, you think, you know, I'm learning to knit and then I'll turn this, I'll, I'll knit these little things and then I'll put them on Etsy and then I'll make money or people ask you about it. So you make money off of that. Right. And the idea of doing something just for the hell of it has gone away for some reason and we should bring it back. Yeah. Here, here. So anyway, that's what this company Blueprint is all about. You know, if you're uh, curious about different uh, hobbies, uh, you might want to check <laughs> them out. Hobbies are very important for a life well lived. If you need to pay a subscription service to help you find a hobby, you're already doing it wrong. <laughs> wow, wow, well said. Uh, on another philosophical yes. note, um, I, my last rant about the 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 the, the march in the yeah. Little League World Series that yeah. was a good rant, and I'm proud of it. Uh, on the other hand, I made a simple mathematical error. Do you think I ought to correct that or just let it go? <laughs> I'm aware of my mathematical error. I, I let it go. Don't yeah, let write go. the emails Wait, and text. I understood your the point. point yeah. Yeah, exactly. right. The point remains. The point remains unblemished. 
You're, Undiminished. Yeah, your point was the same, regardless. I'm bad at math, all right? Don't judge me. <laughs> That's your news. I'm Marshall. But I'm good at rants. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Bring out the bell. Like, for the subscription service, how long are they going to make me play lacrosse before I say, I don't like this game. Can I do something else? <laughs> Keep hitting me with the sticks and it hurts. <laughs> hey, you know, a lot of hobbies are slow-paced, yeah. and you have such a fast-paced society. Now, I don't think people want to sit down and knit a sweater. You know, there's something to that, Michael, although I think probably to a person, once somebody gets in the groove of that slow-paced yeah. hobby, they find it great and healing. Uh, you know, there there may be some people who don't, but I sure do. It's very much like a meditation. I play the guitar at least a little bit every single day and have for many, many, many years. And it's uh, it's it's a different thing if you let go of the idea of it ever becoming anything. Mm-hmm. I may never play the guitar in front of another human being again in my life, quite possibly. So why am I doing it? It's just my hobby. I know that's the world's preference when it comes to my <laughs> guitar playing. Speaking purely for myself. <laughs> But yeah, the, 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 you make a little, you make birdhouses. They might, they might be great. They might be crappy. You may never sell one. Maybe you just have a garage full of birdhouses. But that's still a very worthwhile thing to do. Uh, can we come to terms with that as a society? A garage full of birdhouses with all those homeless birds. Now you got it. You got You got to turn it into money somehow, or you're wasting your time. Nah. Boy, speaking of math, boys and girls and how they treat math. This is uh, getting attention, and school's about to start. And maybe you have a boy or a girl. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. While other nations increasingly possess the capability to operate in space, not all of them share our commitment to freedom, private property, and the rule of law. So as we continue to carry American leadership in space, so also will we carry America's commitment to freedom into this new frontier. So what was that, Sean? So that was Pants. He's a gentleman of four outs. Mm. Mm. Is that a old timey insult? Mm-hmm. That's right. When a vulgar, blustering fellow asserts that he is a gentleman, the retort generally is yes, a gentleman of four outs. That is without wit, without money, without credit, and without manners. I say, <laughs> well played, sir. So, a vice president, in his uh, very bland way, gave the speech about Space Force yesterday, and then what's the music? And then somebody, uh, there's a video game uh, known as Halo, which. When I hear Space Force, I picture the video game Halo. You're you're in space, you're shooting stuff at aliens, and it's 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 that's what I picture. So they took the theme song from Halo, put it underneath his speech, and it fits pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> actually, it seems like it should have been there when he gave the speech. Would you be giggling about the Air Force in World War II, Sean, when the Nazis were trying to take over the globe? What Wait. video game soundtrack did they use for <laughs> that speech? Is that going to be in the appendix of your How to Argue Unfairly? That's correct. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, another article about uh, how to help girls in school. Um, uh, this is fine. It's all good. It's, it certainly all may be true. It's a little troublesome as a guy who's a father of a couple of boys that uh, girls seem to be doing pretty well in the world. <laughs> I mean, you look around a college campus, there's a 
a lot of girls on college campuses. The the majority by quite some. Uh, the stupid, stupid, stupid part of this, which makes me insane, again, back to our theme, is that that people view helping girls as somehow versus helping boys. It's always it's one or the other, girls against boys. I think we ought to study and learn and understand the way girls learn, the way boys learn, and, and help them each learn in their own way. Right, but I never, Obviously. but I never come across articles talking about how to help little boys. At least I haven't, not really, in recent years. Anyway, mm. here's one for a uh, girl: victim, the stupidity of the victim oppressor view of the world, as usual. Um. But anyway, make your daughter practice math. She'll thank you later. And this is um, uh, this is from some woman who is uh, an engineering professor and wrote a book about this sort of stuff. The way we teach math in America hurts all students, but it may be hurting girls the most. I thought this was interesting on several levels. My son struggled with math last year. I think a chunk of it has to do with the moronic modern math. Ugh. I'm telling you, common core math is the modern way to do and, core, and this, this engineering professor agrees with me, oh, so yeah. it's not just me saying this. And uh, You know, it, the common core math stinks of the sort of thing, and you know, you get old enough, you've seen this sort of thing several times, that everybody embraces enthusiastically for a very short time, then spends the rest of their life apologizing for, because it was clearly stupid when it was introduced, it was clearly stupid.